It's Naughty by Natty, baby. What's up, everybody? Today, again, as usual, another episode of Naughty by Natty, aka NBN. Um, so, today, I am going to read a little bit about... Well, it's a story um, about Girls Gone Wild. So, I feel like a majority of the people that listen to this podcast would know about Girls Gone Wild. Um, And then maybe the younger generation has probably never heard of it at all. Um, But it's kind of a long story. So, it's basically going to help... make this episode a little bit longer than the last one um so of course you gotta bear with me and grit your teeth every time I fuck up on a word cause that is bound to happen especially because of how much reading I'm gonna be doing so good luck on trying to figure out what I'm talking about while I'm reading (laughs) alright so a little bit about Girls Gone Wild for those of you who don't know um Basically, it was all over cable television back in, I would say, like, the early 2000s. Um, and it's basically, like, crazy to see that on TV because it's a bunch of chicks flashing their titties and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. And you could buy these DVDs that get mailed to your house, and then you watch them. And then masturbate to them or whatever the fuck you do with them. I don't know why else anybody would buy them. Fun fact, when I was younger, I actually bought those DVDs. And I think I was about 19 when I bought them. So I was legally able to buy porn um, (laughs) and get it mailed to my house. And even if I wasn't, I probably would have found a way because I've always found a way growing up on how to uh, get things like that like over the phone or whatever just by lying about my age and the internet makes it even easier because you don't have to show proof like face to face someone um anyways yeah so I remember buying those and then one day they disappeared and the funny thing about that is one of my uncles were actually living with my mom and I and my siblings and I'm pretty sure he stole my DVDs um which I mean I don't really blame him considering he was a truck driver and probably pretty lonely because he was a single guy um but yeah it was fucking weird um that they disappeared and I it had to have been him like, I'm pretty sure maybe I found one, like, in his shit or something. I just did not say anything because I was just like, oh, cringy as fuck. Um, yeah, that was a fun fact. But anyways, when I read this story, for those of you who have never heard of it, you'll get, like, a more of a gist of it. I'm not really sure what this story is really going to talk about completely as a whole because I have not read it yet. And most of these stories that I do read to you guys, I don't read them beforehand. And that's kind of like why I uh, fuck up on the words or how I read it. Because it's just as new information to me as it is to you. So we're like experiencing all of these together. Um, So I hope you enjoy this Girls Gone Wild story. And it is a story by... I'm about to break my chair. Greta Christina. And this story is also from Everything You Know About Sex is Wrong. If you're curious as to where this story is. Alright guys. The Tease. I'm sure I started seeing the ads around the same time everyone else did. Suddenly the late night TV shows were full of them. The pulsating graphics, the loud leering voiceover, the drunken college girls pulling up their shirts to show their pixelated boobs. The first one I watched in appalled fascination 
The next several dozen I flipped away from, disdainful and dismissive, and rolling my eyes in amused disbelief. And I will now admit, somewhat turned on. It was the first time in a long time that I'd felt embarrassed about being turned on. To be more precise, it was the first time in a long time that I felt embarrassed about what was turning me on. I am a happy consumer of a very graphic porn, and I'm typically like my porn kinky and perverted and pretty fucking nasty. I will happily watch or read about or look at photos of young ladies in school uniforms being spanked and fondled by teachers and nuns or a woman being given an enema and forced to keep it in while she's beaten with a cane. Or Rocco Sofredi shoving his cock down a porn actress, actress's throat and holding it there while tears pour down her face. I will watch it, and I will jack off to it, and I will write about it in the national press if I can. But somehow I couldn't admit, even to myself, that I was getting turned on by the Girls Gone Wild videos. Or to be more precise, by the TV ads for the Girls Gone Wild videos. The problem wasn't that they looked exploitive or that they looked pornographic. If anything, they didn't look pornographic enough. The problem was that they looked tacky, adolescent, dumb. The kind of thing Yahoo, Dartmouth, frat boys would jerk off to. I didn't want to admit to even a remote possibility that I shared pornographic tastes with the Yahoo Dartmouth frat boys. I have to say, the whole phenomenon puzzled me. I mean, why on earth were these videos so popular? Why were they selling at all? Hardcore video porn is readily available to anyone with a credit card. You can rent it at your local video store or have it discreetly mailed to your home. Fast and cheap and no questions asked. You can easily see explicit, seriously graphic videos showing almost any kind of sex you can think of. Why would you pay money for videos where the main feature is drunken college girls showing their boobs? But I started thinking about it a bit. Always a dangerous move, and it occurred to me that Girls Gone Wild did seem to have some off, seemed to offer some things that hardcore porn didn't. Some of it might be the verisimilitude, the easy suspension of disbelief if you're an ordinary Joe. It's pretty hard to honestly imagine yourself having sex with porn stars, but it's not hard to imagine yourself in a huge, noisy street party watching un uninhibited for the weekend girls pull up their shirts, and it's not much of a stretch to imagine one or more of those uninhibited girls going off with you and doing even wilder things in private. Private. There was more to it than that, though. For one thing, the Girls Gone Wild ads were all about the reveal. The moment when the woman goes from being covered and decent to being naked and shameless. I love that moment. It just makes me swoon. They don't do it nearly enough in hardcore cord video porn. And they don't make nearly a big deal of it when they do. Hardcore porn is often like a crappy lover. It rushes through the foreplay to get to the good stuff. So impatient to get off, it ignores the nasty teasing buildup that makes the good stuff so good. The Girls Gone Wild ads held the promise of videos that didn't rush. Videos that would love you, love you, give you that lovely swoony reveal moment over and over and over again. But I knew that couldn't be the only thing Girls Gone Wild had going for it. As much as I personally love the sweet moments of sexual revelation, I found it hard to believe that this was the force driving millions of customers into the company's arms. There was something else. Girls Gone Wild seemed to offer, something the video porn industry just doesn't have a grip on, transgression. I know that sounds weird. How could college girls pulling up their shirts be more transgressive than explicit triple penetration or rubber enema bondage or any of the other far out delicacies the modern porn industry had made available to the general viewing public? Yes, yes, the mainstream porn biz is doing filthy, filthy things and their marketing departments will Natter at greater length about how this weekend release is pushing the envelope like nothing you've ever seen. Totally extreme to the max. Whatever. Yet as softcore as they obviously were, Girls Gone Wild looked like the real deal. Girls Gone Wild seemed way more transgressive than hardcore porn because the girls themselves felt that way. The girls in the TV ads are crossing their own boundaries, breaking their own rules. They aren't wild girls. They're girls gone wild. Emphasis on the gone. On the idea that they didn't used to be slutty exhibitionists, and you're getting to see them cross that line. They seem like they're probably very, fairly normal girls when they're not at Mardi Gras or spring break, and they seem to think that what they're doing is naughty and dirty and slutty and bad, and therefore way more fun. 
And that's something the porn industry just can't give you. I don't care how many guys are jerking off in the actress's face or what she's putting up her butt, she's a professional. She's almost certainly done this before, and if she hasn't done this exact thing, she's sure done plenty of other things that aren't all that different. There's no way that she feels like a good girl breaking the rules. No way she's feeling that sudden exhilaration of stepping over a line and gazing into a bigger and freakier sexual world. She stepped over the line long ago and she's been in that big freaky world for a while. I'm not knocking it. I have a lot of respect for professionalism in the porn industry. In fact, I often wish there were more of it. And I like seeing people get nasty when they're comfortable in their bodies and their sexuality. But if what you want is the thrill of watching someone break their own rules and do dirty things that they never imagined self doing, you aren't going to get it from the vivid girls. Which leads me to the other very special thing that Girls Gone Wild seem to offer. And here's where we start getting to some seriously fucked up regions of my psychosexual geography. Because the other thing Girls Gone Wild appeared to offer was humiliation. Not faked, not acted, not a fantasy. When the girls in Girls Gone Wild stepped over that line, it seemed like you'd be getting to watch real time while they shamed themselves, like you'd been watching them let go of their dignity, place themselves in a position of a public debasement, offer up their bodies for the crude enjoyment of a leering public eye. While I certainly don't think flashing your boobs in public needs to be any of those things, God knows I've done it enough times, and it didn't feel that way to me. It seemed that these girls would feel that way. The girls in the Girls Gone Wild ads seem like fairly ordinary, non-sex, radical girls. Girls next door, if you will. Girls who most of the time would have some degree of modesty and sexual shame. And what you get to see in these videos, or what it seemed from the TV ads that you get to see in these videos, was the moment when they let go of their modesty and let themselves experience that tingly, twitchy, nakeder-than-naked blend of eroticism and shame. In my fucked up and deeply kinked little libido that had more oomph than almost anything mainstream porn could provide. The more I thought about all this, the more it turned me on. The Girls Gone Wild ads went from an occasional bit of fleeting, guilty pleasure when the ads came on to full-time masturbation material. Interestingly, I never imagined myself as one of the wild girls. I've been around way too many blocks way too many times and not even in my most fevered sexual imaginings could I picture myself feeling embarrassed or naughty about pulling up my shirt for the camera. For one thing, I've already done it more than once. No, my typical girls gone wild masturbation fantasy always put me behind the camera. I'm the one enticing the giggling girl to pull up the shirt or pull down her pants or take a shower for the camera or fondle her girlfriend and I'm the one who's then enticing her to pull down her pants and spread her butt cheeks or get on all fours in the shower or turn her naked friend over her lap and spank her while she giggles and leaves or any of the filthy things I was hoping might be on the videos and I'm the one making sure my leering eye caught every bit of it on tape so finally my curiosity and my libido got the better of me among other things I wanted to know if the videos lived up to the promise of the TV's ad ads would there in fact be more and wider footage they couldn't show you in the ads or was that just a come on and my libido was dying to know would this actually be a turn on wouldn't it, wouldn't an hour or more of drunken softcore amateur porn and girls pulling up their shirts get a bit dull after a while would girls uh, would girls gone wild make me reach for my vibrator or reach for the remote I decided I had to have the courage of my erotic conviction, convictions that a woman of my stature in the sex-positive community shouldn't be afraid of a little bad taste and commercial hype. Besides, nobody but me had to know, unless I wrote about it in a big sex anthology or something. Alright, the actual videos. See, all this stuff I've been saying about transgression and humiliation in the moment of sexual re revelation, that's just speculation. I've been telling you what's about hot about the Girls Gone Wild TV ads. I haven't said a damn thing yet about the actual videos. I wound up getting three Girls Gone Wild DVDs. Girls Gone Wild Uncensored, a DVD collection of the first three videos they released, Girls Gone Wild Doggy Style, the one with Snoop Dogg, and Girls Gone Wild Bad Girls, 
Girls Who Like Girls, a two-DVD set that I hoped, based on the title and the description on their website, would be more explicit than the other videos. The DVD with the first video is very much what you probably think of when you think of Girls Gone Wild. Shot after shot of Mardi Gras or Spring Break girls pulling up their shirts to show their boobs or pulling down their pants to show their butts and occasionally their pussies, with intermediate footage of moderately more explicit activity. Watching it was very much what I'd expect and feared. Tedious, grating, marginally arousing, but ultimately a grave disappointment. True, the girls aren't as completely hammered as I expected them to be. A lot of them definitely seem tipsy, but none of them are puking and falling down drunk. But apart from the girls gone wild uncensored, com confirmed every nasty, uncharitable thought I'd had when I first rolled my eyes at their stupid TV ads. Actually, in some ways, in some ways it was worse. Whatever eroticism there might have been in the sight of girls showing off their goodies to the crowd was all too often disrupted by the sight of an unwanted groping hands reaching into the shot. Ugly, gross, upsetting. The prevalence, <laughs> prevalence of fake boobs was disappointing as well. It's always distre <laughs> distressing to see young, attractive, healthy women who's cut their lovely breasts open and replaced them with ugly plastic boobs and the sound a relentless one note cacophony I don't know this word of drunken frat boy hollering and woohooing <laughs> was like a jackhammer going in the next room even turned way down it gave me a headache and all for the supposedly uninhibited oh this bitch with her words back Bahakanoralism. <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping that fucking word, guys. Those first Girls Gone Wild videos have an odd absence of sexual pleasure. Sure, there's a certain amount of sexual activity along with all the flashing, tit licking, tit fondling, butt smacking, dry humping, even some brief cutting endless. Most of it, girl, girl, with a few guys in on the action, plus pouring beer on tits and, uh, Similarity, idiotic spring breakitudes, but almost none of it seemed like the girls were doing it to get off. It seemed like they were doing it for show, for the crowd and the camera and the shock value. The fondling and such usually didn't last very long and it didn't look focused and the girls didn't seem all that interested or turned on and it typically ended with them collapse, <laughs> collapsing in fits of, I can't believe I just did that, giggles. I'm not saying they weren't enjoying themselves. Most of them seem to be. I'm saying that the pleasure that they were seeking didn't seem to be sexual. Not physical, sexual anyway. I think they were enjoying the attention, the, recogni the recognition of their beauty and hotness, the power that they had to get the crowd worked up. The exuberant thrill of the forbidden, the triumph of going further than the other girls and being the baddest and bravest and the hottest and most attention getting of all. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not one of those puritanical feminists who think sexual, seeking sexual attention is an automatic sign of poor self-esteem. I think that's crap. We're social animals. We seek attention in a zillion different ways, and seeking sexual attention is no more screwed up than seeking attention for your art or athleticism or intellect. I'm saying that there's a huge difference between sex done for sex sakes and sex done for show. I used to work as a stripper, so I'm intimately familiar with that difference, and the latter is a whole lot less interesting to watch. In Uncensored, you could usually tell when it was real and when it wasn't. When a girl was letting another girl grope her to get the crowd screaming, and when she was doing it for the pleasure of a hand on her breast, the times that it seemed real were actually pretty hot, even kind of beautiful. But those moments were few and far between, and they didn't last very long. Nothing in the video lasts very long, and if anything, they made the rest of the video that <laughs> much more frustrating. Girls Gone Wild Doggy Style was much the same in all the above-mentioned ways, only with better production values, a lot less spontaneity, and intermittent footage of Snoop Dogg irrelevantly wandering through the action and blathering. I'll admit there's a certain hotness to it all. For many of the reasons I mentioned at the start of this piece, plus a few more I'll get into later. 
After a couple of hours with Girls Gone Wild and Censored, I was definitely ready to head into the bedroom for a session with the vibrator. But the images in my head weren't the ones I'd just seen. They were the ones I'd hoped to see, the ones I wanted to see and hadn't. That's not what I wanted from my porn, even my softcore frat boy reality porn. Which is why I'm glad I got more than one DVD, because Girls Gone Wild, Bad Girls, Girls Who Like Girls is a whole other kettle of wax. I'm still somewhat embarrassed to admit this is in public, but this video is surprisingly hot. Like really, like I thought about it obsessively for days after I first saw it. For one thing, Bad Girls, Girls Who Like Girls is rather more explicit than uncensored or doggy style. The brief scenes of girls pulling up their shirts and making out on the streets are accompanied by longer, more elaborate scenes of girls in hotel rooms seriously pulling around or even having flat out unabashed lesbian sex. It's much less of a titty show and much more something resembling actual porn. This video make this does make the video hot, but not for the obvious reasons. It makes the video hot because it gives it some variety and some direction. Bad Girls, Girls Who Like Girls has an actual art of arousal. The eroticism builds, unfolds, starts with a gentle tease, and gradually gets nastier and more serious. The flashing doesn't just go on and on and ad nauseum. It starts somewhere, then takes you somewhere else, seduces you and draws you in, with increasingly greater delights and the promise of still greater delights yet to come. It's still a tease, but it's a fun tease. A tease with a purpose. A tease that actually results in something other than the repetition and frustration, and one note endlessly blaring. Quality of uncensored and doggy style. But there's something else cool and special about Bad Girls, Girls Who Like Girls. It has the unique payoff of a document, a documentary or really good reality TV. You don't know what's going to happen next. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Not the camera guy, maybe not even the girls themselves. It's not like a standard porn movie where you and everyone else knows that the blowjob will be followed up by fucking, followed by anal, followed by the money shot. There's suspense doubt about how far they are going to take it. As a result, there's sexual tension, real sexual tension, the kind you get when you're making out with someone for the first time and you don't know how far things are going to go. Of course, Girls Gone Wild isn't the only reality porn on the market. Market. You can get it. Excuse me, I need to take a drink of my coffee. Alright. Real couples having real sex videos. Okay. Of course, Girls Gone Wild isn't the only reality porn on the market. You can get real couples having real sex videos elsewhere. I've seen many of them. They're hot. I like them, but Bad Girls Gone Wild, who like girls, is different from those. Not necessarily better, but different in a way I appreciate. It has a spontaneous quality with a sense of adventure and spur-of-the-moment flavor that's hard to find in standard porn. Even with the most authentic, unscripted, do-your-own-thing, real couples video, you know that that the filming was scheduled and planned well in advance. That the couples thought carefully about what to wear and what toys to bring and maybe even what sex acts to do. There's a huge difference between that. Between videos of long-term couples carefully choosing to explore their loving sexual connection in a public forum and giggling party girls getting crazy with each other in a hotel room because a girls gone wild camera guy asked them to and they decided, what the fuck? There are both good things, but there are good in different ways, and the latter definitely has charms that the former doesn't. Finally, I don't quite know how to say this, but the hotel room scenes in Bad Girls, Girls Like Girls are just fun. Enormously and infectiously fun. The three girls in the hotel room in Bad Girls, Rachel, Amy, and Rebecca, are hilarious. Playful, giggly, trash-talky, uh, vivious, they're natural exhibitionist it's each comes other as much as they're into being on camera they're clearly no innocence they know their way around each other's bodies and their own and they're more than just a tiny bit kinky but they are not jaded or bothered either they still have enough uh, 
reticence and modesty to make it fun and nasty when you watch them overcome it. And Girls Who Like Girls has one of the sweetest, most touching, most generous, genuine <laughs> lesbian sex scenes that I've seen in any porn. And that includes by lesbian for lesbian porn. Michelle and Christine, the young women in the hotel room, are real lovers. Michelle has doofy argyle socks under her sexy black boots and they talk during the lulls about their sucky job schedule that keeps them apart. With genuine affection and a few years behind them, for them it's not about giggly exhibitionism, it's about deep love and pleasure. Uh, the raucous party you can hear outside the room only emphasizes a sweet, peaceful joy inside, and the sex is so authentic it makes your heart stop. When they're giggling and wrestling, there's not even a hint of, oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this, or did the camera get that angle? Their sex is stunningly real with real kissing and real finger fucking and real cunning cunningliness. I can't say that word. I'm sure you know what I'm trying to say. You can tell the again that word is real because they aren't pulling their heads back and sticking their tongues out and lapping away to give the camera a good shot the footage is less explicit than most mainstream porn but that's not because the sex is less authentic it's because the sex is more authentic it's because they're fucking for each other not for the camera and it's so fucking beautiful that it almost made me cry now before you run off to the Girls Gone Wild website with your drooling mouth hanging open and your credit card in your quivering hand, I should make something very, very clear. This is not nature's perfect porn. This is a seriously mixed bag. Even though Bad Girls, girls, gone, girls Who Like Girls is nastier and more authentic by far than the other Girls Gone Wild videos I saw, there's still an element of doing it for show instead of for pleasure. Not nearly as much as um, as in uncensored and doggy style, but still more than there should be. There's also way too much sameness among the girls. While the Girls Gone Wild videos aren't anywhere near as homogeneous as a mainstream porno, the girls are still overwhelmingly young, slender, and white, white, and more white. And the unscriptedness means that tempting ideas often get dangled under our noses only to be dropped and ignored. I was so very titillated when Rebecca and Bad Girls said she had dirty kinky titties that needed to be punished. And so often disappointed when neither Rachel nor Amy picked up on this charmingly obvious hint and obliged her. Worst of all, the camera guy in the hotel room scenes are often annoying, even intrusive. You can hear them talking to the girls while they're taping, and thus you can hear them not being able to shut the hell up. They offer their own running commentary on the action. Commentary that, for the most part, adds nothing to the mice in scene except yo <laughs> Yahoo dude stupidity and annoyance. And their intermediate directions to the girls interrupt the spontaneity, imposing or trying to impose what they want to see over the natural flow of what the girls want to do. I did enjoy Bad Girls, Girls Who Like Girls. I even enjoyed it a lot, certainly far more than I'd expected, but I can't be 100% sure that I would have liked it as well if my ex expectations hadn't been so slow. Low. <laughs> but what does it all mean? What does it all add, add up to? Was my pre-having any actual information analysis analysis <laughs> anywhere near on target what is the place of girls gone wild in the socio-sexual landscape the political economic landscape what do i think of these videos as a dyke as a sex radical as a radical feminist as a porn affectionate do where were my expectations fulfilled how would I rate them on a scale of 1 to 10? Would I recommend these videos to a friend? Well, let's see. With a few notable exceptions, my pre-actually seen the damn video's analysis wasn't that far off. The girls weren't nearly as drunk as I thought they'd be, so I was definitely wrong there, and the whole humiliation angle pretty much dissolves as soon as I start started watching. The girls seem perfectly happy to be showing their boobs or making out or whatever. 
and most of them are quite brazen about it. There's a certain glimmer of the humiliation thing, which I'll get into, which I'll get to in a moment, but for the most part, that just doesn't pan out. Somewhat to my disappointment, but mostly to my relief, I was actually pretty comfortable, uncomfortable with the thought of getting off on real life, real time sexual shame, no matter how compelling the idea seemed. But the verisimilitude, the transgression, the moment of the reveal, all of these were there in Trump's. Even in the crappy videos that sucked, they were there. If anything, I underestimated the importance of the reveal. The simple sight of naked boobs is definitely not the main point. The pulling up of the shirt, the moment of naked boobs revelation, is very much the point here. That's not just a lucky triggering of my quirk quirky personal kinks, it's a decision on the part of the producers, an intentional triggering of what seems to be a lot of people's kinks. There's actually one scene in Girls Who Like Girls where the camera guy asked one of the girls to pull her pants back up so she could pull them down again. He was trying to get her coordinated with her friend and it was and it clearly wasn't enough to have two naked butts on screen at the same time. He wanted it the simultaneous simultaneous reveal the two naked butts being bared at the same moment. The Girls Gone Wild producers know that the reveal and the transgressions are hot and they market accordingly. According to Bill Horn, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Mantra Entertainment, the parent company of Girls Gone Wild, there's something about watching that girl go over the line, go over from, come on, do you want to, do you want to go wild, no, 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 and then you see, right there, she does go wild. I just, my brain hurt this week. That's appealing to people. That was a little distressing. Actually, to find out that my brilliant sex radical, sex serious theory was actually part of the goddamn marketing plan. But I could see why, if they'd shot, say, an hour and a half of footage at a tapas beach in Italy or Spain with half-naked women casually swimming or reading or sunning themselves, it'd be unbelievably dull. It's a moment of exposure in the girl's own excitement at the moment of exposure that makes it exciting. There are in fact a few scenes in Girls Gone Wild of girls just dance around topless, and they are definitely less enticing than the flashing. Interestingly, a lot of the flashing scenes end up with the girl pulling her shirt back down over her breast, or pulling her pants back up, or whatever. This lends credence to the whole good girl crossing a line theory. When she covers back up, you are reminded that she really is a girl next door going wild, not just your garden variety exhibitionist slut. And it also where the faint glimmer of humiliation finally comes in, it's true that I didn't see much sexual shame when the girls pulled their shirts up to show off their boobs. But I did get a whiff of it when they pulled their shirts back down to cover them again. In that moment, you do see the return of modesty, the hyper-awareness of lost dignity seen in the attempt to regain it. Call it in the what-the-fuck-did-I-just-do moment. If you don't want to be so high... fall... don't know that word... It's subtle, but it's definitely there, and while I doubt they were purposely screwing around with kinky shame fetishes, the Girls Gone Wild editors clearly made a deliberate effort to include that moment again and again. Are the girls being exploited? Arguably, in the strict Marcus sense of being used to make money for someone else without being proportionately paid for their labor, certainly. They're being paid for their labor in t-shirts and Mardi Gras beads. That pretty much settles that. But it's also clear that the girls are getting something out of it. They like the attention. They get off on exhibitionism. They enjoy feeling sexy and wild. They like having an excuse to do dirty things that wouldn't they wouldn't ordinarily do. Money isn't the only thing you get out of being in a dirty video. And it may not even be the most important thing, especially if you're not a pro. I myself performed an adult video for no money back in my salad days for a small indie low low budget lesbian porn company. Clips by uh, Fatali video if you want to look it up. If anyone said the producers were exploiting me, 
I'd be sorely tempted to smack them. I was a grown-up, I wanted to do it, I got what I wanted out of it, and I don't regret it. And I don't like being patronized by being told that I didn't know what I was doing. For what it is worth, the Girls Gone Wild producers make the argument that they don't pay the girls because the whole point of the videos is an amateur vibe. And if they offered money, they'd be sure to get pros in the mix. A strict Marcus would probably say they were full of shit, but having seen the videos and not being a strict Marcus, I do see their point. There was one extremely dirty, dirty dancing scene in Bad Girls when I suspected that the girl was a stripper, and while I love and adore strippers, my suspicions did make the scene less hot. Are the Girls Gone Wild producers taking advantage of the wild girl's drunkenness and poor judgment? Will the girls regret it later? Possibly if a girl gone wild wants to run for president or something, almost certainly. A lot of us have done things in our youth that we now regret and can't take back. My entire first relationship leaps to mind. That's part of how we learn, how we grow, what makes us who we are, blah blah blah. And telling people, especially women, that they can't make decisions, especially sexual decisions. Because inexperienced and impulsive, it's beyond patronizing. It's so far beyond patronizing that it moves into contempt. Besides, I say way less flat-out drunkenness in the Girls Gone Wild videos than I was expecting. Or not say, it was Saul way less. Tipsiness, yes. High spirits, yes. Impaired judgment, probably. Drunkenness to the point of obliterating consent, no. In any way, according to the nice publicity man, Mr. Horn, any girl gone wild who changes her mind can get her footage pulled as long as she does it before the video is edited. If she changes her mind after the video has been edited, she has to pay for the extra production costs of yanking her scenes. And if she changes her mind after the video has been released, tough beans, it's a grown-up and she gets to live with her decisions. Now, Mantra was successfully sued in mid-2005 by a woman who gave them a verbal okay to being filmed for A Girl's Gone Wild, but later said she was too drunk to fully understand the consequences. But the case didn't seem to be about whether she actually was too drunk to consent. The crux was that they filmed her in Virginia where she had where you have to get written permission to use someone's image commercially. So while the Girls Gone Wild folks obviously weren't as careful about consent issues, legal or personal, as they somewhat piously claim to be, I'm not sure this lawsuit really changes anything ethically. So where am I now with all this? After spending I don't even know how many hours watching six Girls Gone Wild videos on three DVDs plus one Guys Gone Wild disc, I swear to God I thought it was a joke on the onion. But there really is one. What am I left with? Weirdly enough, I'm very much where I was when I started. I'm still dismissive, although rather less so. Still fascinated, turned on, embarrassed about being fascinated and turned on. And despite having seen several of the videos, still kind of curious. The whole tease thing is remarkably effective. If it doesn't leave you completely frustrated, it leaves you ravenous for more. Hoping to be taken just a little further the next time. I'm disappointed and frustrated with most of these videos. In fact, I'm wondering what the hell I'm going to do with them now. And I'm finding myself seriously tempted to get one of the new ones. Island Orgy Daddy's Little Girls. If you want to know, the Girls Gone Wild website promises that you will witness sexy 18-year-old Amber lose her virginity to another girl and that sweet young thing corrupt each other with daddies not around. And I keep thinking that this could be another bad girls, girls who like girls, with the great nasty scenes in the hotel rooms. Also no, I can't get the thing in time for my deadline, so I can't even justify it as research or business expense. So I keep trying to think of someone else I can write it up for, so I can write it off my taxes, and so I can order it without admitting that I just wanted to use, <laughs> wanted it to use it to get off. The end. That was 35 minutes of you listening to me read about Girls Gone Wild. And I'm going to admit right now, guys, I started to get fucking bored of reading and that's where my uh, focus stopped and you can tell when I started to fuck up like after this I don't know I hit the second page or some shit oh I am tired and like exhausted now 
from reading such I don't know. To me, it was a good story at first, like how it was going, but then it was just like, okay, like, please be over already. I don't know if anyone else agrees. Oh, fuck. Alright, so, if you haven't heard of it already, thephoenixrebel.com is basically kind of like a, a local music magazine, like an online magazine. Um... You should check it out. Um, it's pretty cool. It's just got random uh, little things in there about shows or people or upcoming sh- things, um, etc. Um, yeah, go check it out. ThePhoenixRebel.com um, I am going to play a song really quick by a band called Vibora and these guys are from Sierra Vista, Arizona Um, and the song that I am going to pick is Lost Cause so enjoy Hey, can you turn off our song Saturday and put on the Naughty by Natty podcast? Is it Tuesday already? I always remember that the new episodes come out because of cunt. Uh, I'm sorry, you said cunt? See you next Tuesday. Uh, C starts with an S and U starts with a Y. Wouldn't that be S-Y-N-T? I don't get it. C is for C. No, C is for cookie, but that's another topic altogether. The new episodes come out on your favorite streaming devices on Tuesday, cunt. You mean saint or, or saint? No, I mean you're a cunt. Hey, keep listening to more naughty by natty, baby. Are you tired of terrible customer service? But like, in reality, it's the same fucking outcome. Why? Because you got your sauces, you guys are still being bitches, and I'm fucking ticked off because I still got orders. Then mayo and lettuce is the place for you. On the go, mayo and lettuce has the fastest express service in the Southwest. Looking to try something new and break the boring normal eating routine? Mayo and lettuce offers innovative selection of different mayos and lettuces for whatever your heart may desire. Mayo and lettuce. We put the mayo and lettuce in mayo and lettuce. Is it hurt when you pee? Feels like you're fucking a tree. You probably got it from me. Better go get you some cream. If you've been sticking your dick where it don't belong, go out and get Cosmic Soup's Clam Chowder Penis Cream. Guaranteed to cure any itchy irritation or evil burning discharge. This product has an outstanding 1.5 stars on Amazon and arrives at your house in a bright colored penis shape package. Worsening chronic uncontrollable itching has been reported. What up, everybody? This is Meatbag. 
Yo, yo, this is Rody. This is Gio. From the Gio and Meatbag Show, and you can find us live on Facebook every single week, or you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you folks listen to your podcasts, you can find us. Every week, you can check out the Geo and Meatbag Show to get all of your local music, punk rock, news, and pro wrestling talk. We got it all, and we're pretty fucking entertaining. My co-hosts Meatbag and Rody bring it every single week, so you should tune in. It's Naughty by Natty, baby. It's Naughty by Natty, baby. It's Naughty by Natty, baby. It's Naughty by Natty. It's Naughty by Natty, baby. 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 Naughty by Natty, baby. It's Naughty by Natty, baby. The last song is from the band, again, Vibrora. And before I go, I have to thank y'all for still listening. I gotta say that every time because... A lot of these episodes are kind of like blah, but at least I'm putting out episodes for you every week. May not be the exact day, but at least it's the day after. So, consistency is key. Even when it comes to like jizz, consistency is key. So just have a healthy diet and drink lots of water. No, but seriously, on a serious note, I like to thank Cosmic Soup Recording and Bodacious Prints because they're both amazing. Um, hit up CosmicSoupRecording.com for all your podcasting and recording needs. Bodacious Prints, if you need any merchandise, shirts, uh, hats, women's tanks, um, at BodaciousPrints.BigCartel.com. Um, and then, of course... Your local podcasts support my homies, Geo Meatbag Show, Cosmic Soup Recording Podcast, The Rundown with Silva, Squared Up with Geo, The Guy Cast, Dungeon Bros, Sound Sisters, and Stony Bros. If you have a podcast that you would like me to promote, send me an email at naughtybynatty at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on the show, same thing. Alright, I'm gonna stop talking, because... We're going on almost an hour now. All right. (laughs) Uh, Get your shit together, Natalie. All right. So. Fuck, dude. Honestly. (laughs) My brain just is not working anymore. This coffee just, like, stopped working a long time ago. Um, Yeah. So here is a Bad Religion cover by the band Vibrora, and it is called Frogger. Enjoy. Check them out on Spotify. Mwah.
you motherfuckers. Y'all just a bunch of losers. I'm the only one sane son of a bitch here. I whip the dog shit out of you, Vaughn. I will fucking kill you if you talk to me again. Now all of you, get the fuck out now before I get too mad to turn back. What about our instrument? Get out! All y'all, get the fuck out! Hey, do you need a band member? Or did your bassist just quit? Well, come to Cosmic Supercording and you can find a band member here. Whether they're jerking off in the bathroom or playing drums in the parking lot, Cosmic Supercording has your next band member waiting. And even if you don't find a band member, Jeremy will just use Pro Tools to do all your parts for you. So come to Cosmic Supercording and find your next band member here. Go to CosmicSupercording.com to book your session today or call or text at 480-331-SOUP. That's 480-331-7687. See you at the soup. Randy, you turning son of a bitch. Damn, son, where'd you find this? If you're looking for any audio recording or you'd like to record your own podcast, please visit Cosmic Super Recording, where you can turn your ideas into reality. Whether you're looking to record one song or a whole album, Cosmic Super Recording will fit any budget. For more information, visit CosmicSuperCording.com or call or text at 480 480- 331-7687. That's 480-331-SOUP. Also available on all social media. Cosmic Soup Recording is located in Phoenix, Arizona, near 24th Street and Thomas. Call now for a free quote or to book your session today. <laughs>